Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen and amen. What a wonderful uh, um, time to be alive. How many are you glad to be here today? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm so glad to hear. Happy New Year and happy new season um, of life. Well, you know, we're starting uh, Solemn Assembly um, this uh, week. And we will be going for our 21-day time. And um, how many of you have been a part of that before? But a part of that time. Amen. Amen. It's a very, very special time for our church. And so we want to, even if you're an attender, um, you know, join us in this. Um, Join us in this time of seeking God. Again, we're talking this year about breaking all barriers. How many of you got some barriers that need to be broken in your life? Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. Um, but I'm honored for that. And don't forget, we're going to be here every week on Wednesday. I want, I want us to pack in here and really um, um, seek the Lord together. Something happens when God's people get together and seek God together. Yeah. And, um, and so I really want you to take this seriously. Some, some personal things in your life that you, you know that it, it, you've kind of been silent about or even complaining about. Um, that, that's a barrier that needs to be broken. I want you to write that on that sheet before you leave the gathering today. Even as, as we go through this message today, I want you to begin thinking about specific things in your life that you're like, God, you know what? I, I, I need this barrier to be broken, and we're going to have a great time. Remember, fasting is giving up a legitimate need. Somebody say legitimate need. Legitimate. Yeah, so giving up a legitimate need of the natural for a greater need in the supernatural. That's what it is. And so um, if you are just, uh, if, you, if, you, if you're not eating meals and you're not seeking God, you're just don't, going on a hunger strike. You, it's a hunger strike, you know, but, um, um, but, but not doing those meals in whatever way you, you want to do it, whether you're going to go on a liquid diet. Some of y'all may go liquid, all the way liquid. Some of y'all may do Daniel, um, you know, fast, whatever. But uh, picking one time, at least one of the times, some will pick two, um, and pick those two times and just steal away and just engage with God. And we'll see today in this message as we begin this series um, of why this is so important as a part of your spiritual formation and your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's go over to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17. Chapters, chapter 20, verses 1 through 5 and 13 through 17. Reads like this. One, two, three, go. Start that verse over here. It's funny how y'all get to somebody else. <laughs> One, two, three, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was great, and he resolved to seek the Lord. Then he proclaimed a 
Hallelujah. <laughs> y'all, y'all read that last, last, last part like y'all help was coming. I heard somebody say, and you do not have to fight this battle. I know that's right, God. I love it. <laughs> y'all felt that all the way down in your sha-na-na. <laughs> Amen. Well, today, as we start this series on barrier breakers, I want to talk about how to break a barrier that's bigger than you. How to break a barrier that's bigger than you. Let's go before the Lord. Father, you are God. And God, we need you. Um, I can sense that barrier breaking is a need in our body. And God, I pray that you would meet us. I, am, I, I, I have holy confidence that you're going to shift our lives. I have holy confidence that you're going to break through things in people's lives that are stuck. People that have felt like they have hit the trap door of despair. God, today, I'm believing that you're going to move and you're going to take your people from the shallow to the deep. God, I'm believing today that we already know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We're going to see the fact that they don't prosper. And God, I'm going to believe you today that you are going to do such great shifts in our lives that we are going to be bold and we are going to do what is needed to make sure that we reflect your glory in every area of life. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Y'all sound like y'all ready, ain't you? Y'all give me some help then. In a movie, there was a man and a woman who were tied up back to back. And they were taken to this location and tied up back to back. And they didn't know uh, that they were taken. And they woke up and they were bound and they had no way to get themselves free. They were looking around trying to figure things out and how to get themselves free, but because of the way that they were tied up, it was impossible for them to get themselves free. And I know that there's some people in the room today that you are bound by some things. You have hit some walls of some things where you do not know how you are going to get free. But I'm letting you know that we serve a barrier-breaking God. What is a barrier? A barrier is a roadblock that barricades you in from experiencing the fullness of God in every area of life. It's a roadblock. Somebody say roadblock. It's a roadblock that uh, barricades you in from experiencing God in every area of life. And many of you in and through the pandemic may feel like you've been set back. Um, but I believe that God, uh, uh, there, there, there are three layers to this. God allows barriers and he calls barriers and he makes barriers of we make barriers right and so barriers happen and God uses them for whatever way they were created for several things in your life number one he wants to see you get your spiritual fervor back many of us have lost our spiritual fervor and commitment to God and so God is stirring up your life. See, I don't know if you ever had a barrier and you didn't see it. You didn't know where it was. You didn't know where it came. You could just feel that something has you stuck. 
And I don't know if you've ever felt that feeling of being stuck and absolutely not knowing how and why I'm stuck. Maybe you feel stuck spiritually and God is allowing that barrier to come so that you, it can be brought to your attention that there is some participation by you that's needed in getting more serious about God. But uh, 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 um, uh, walking in God's purposes in your life is another reason why barriers happen. Barriers happen is to push you into the purposes of God in your life. But it's not only personal, it's also in helping God's kingdom move forward with the people of God. Uh, and, and, and listen, this is, we have two extremes in the church. In church, we have the hyper conservative stream that uses the word of God but don't have no Holy Ghost. They believe their theology is their spirit. But then you got the other side that, 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 that they make everything the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost ain't nowhere around. And so it's, 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 wanting, it's, it's a good wanting of the spirit, but an absence of truth. You got on this side, there's a lot of information, but no transformation because there's so much theological constipation. But, but we want to meet somewhere in the middle where we understand that the spirit and the word aren't at odds with each other. But the spirit, I wish I had some help, and the word works with each other. The spirit is the one who gives you the sense that there's something beyond. But what he does is he attaches it to the word so that you can have clarity about what you need to see, what you need to do, where you need to go, what needs to be changed. That's why the Bible says the spirit, when he comes, will lead you into truth. He doesn't ignore truth. How do I know this? Jesus Somebody said, well, you're just trying to be, oh, you're just trying to change the church in the, in the being. No, 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 no. We're trying to get the church to be what it's supposed to be because mountain moving and barrier breaking is what Jesus called us to do. How do I know? Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move the mountain. Now, where does that come from? That comes from the book of Zechariah. It comes from the book of Zechariah uh, chapter. It's around the 11th chapter, I believe it is, around the 6th verse. And it says, so he answered them, answered me. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. People always stop there, but they don't read the next part. He asked, what are you, great mountain? What is it? Well, now, now, what, now, what's the context of this? Jesus has this in mind for the people of God to know that they need his strength to deal with things in their life that can't move. And so God, by his spirit, wants you to tell the barriers in your life, who do you think you are? Now, the bigger picture of this is the building of the temple, which means the building of the kingdom, which means barrier breaking is always bigger than just your personal life. Because when you get free, the kingdom gets free because without a free you, other folk can't be free. Stuff can't be free. Changes can't happen in the world. So God needs you and me in the church to begin to get healed and begin to break through barriers so that we can maximize what he wants us to maximize in our lives you ever been in a situation where God just gave you a, a Holy Ghost unction where you began to see God bigger than what you were dealing with and you told your situation who do you think you are and so this idea happens and some people say well why do barriers happen 
We live in a fallen world. Everything ain't the devil all the time. You know, somebody a car break down. Oh, see, the devil was trying to stop me from my destiny. No, it needs maintenance. Your car needs maintenance. That's go change, get the oil change. Get the transmission flushed. You understand? You understand? You know, get some new tires. See, if you got a nail in the car, no, you just went through a construction area. You should have went down the other street. See, the devil tried to put a nail. I, I, I come against every nail that the. You just live in a fallen world, family. You understand what I'm saying? But then there are personal barriers, things that, things that, that, that you did. Uh. And the ones that you did are the hardest ones to see. Because many of us can see everybody else's barriers but can't see our own. Hey, 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 hey. Help us. God implemented barriers. God put some stuff in place sometimes to make you move. But not only that, there are demonic barriers which we will see in our text. And as we look at these barriers, they can be in specific ways and specific things. Some of you have been experiencing career barriers. Some of you have experienced relationship barriers. Whether it's in your marriage or whether it's in your relationship with your children or whether it's in your relationship with your friends or whether it's in relation to church. Some of us have spiritual barriers. Some of us have self-image barriers. Some of us have barriers of fear, emotional barriers, gender barriers, religious barriers. But listen to the right. I love what he says here. He says, whatever the barrier is, breaking through is never easy. He said, it takes God enabling grace, personal determination, and a kind of holy discontent. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Meaning you simply become sick and tired of being stuck. Anybody sick and tired of being stuck where you are? Stuck in the same place. I've been here for 10 years, God. I want to get out of it. I've been here for five years. I want to. I know it's only been a year. I know, but God, I'm tired of where I am right now. And God, I need a breakthrough today. In fact, breaking through barriers can be scary. Everything in you will shout, pull back. But in order to succeed, family, you and I must embrace the courage God supplies to push through. Now, what does that have to do with the text that we're in? <laughs> we, we, it has everything to do with it because uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, um, you know, the Judean kings were the kings. They were decent. You know, they had the Israelite kings. They were wild boys. Now, uh, Jehoshaphat ended up uh, becoming king, and you know, he gives an, God always gives an evaluation of a king. Because I always like that the Holy Spirit in 1 Kings and 2 Kings and Chronicles let you know what kind of person you're about to deal with when you read this text. It'll say, this person did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Then it'll say, this one did what was good in the sight of the Lord, except for the high places wasn't taken down. Then there was another one, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he did all that his father David, walked in all of the things that his father David walked in. <clears throat> but, uh, but, but what's interesting about uh, uh, Jehoshaphat is Jehoshaphat has some sucker in him. Okay, y'all looking at me funny. Uh, he has some sucking. Ahab, which was the wildest king. I mean, Buddy was a wild boy. And him and his wife was the, was the nastiest, most trifling power couple in the Bible. You know, it was the anti-power couple. And, and, and interestingly enough, um, Ahab, who Jehoshaphat 
No, it's a fool, an idol worshiper, and don't even fool with God. Says, Jehoshaphat, come over here with your boy and help me fight this battle. He says, my people are yours. Now, but he doesn't know that attaching himself to a fool will bring with a fool what comes with a fool. That's why you got to be careful who you partner with. You got this for free. You got to be careful because, because he didn't know in compromising through not wanting to go to war with Ahab because he didn't believe he could fight him, he ended up partnering with him, even though later, uh, uh, what's funny is when they got into battle, he said they go to battle, even though the prophet said don't go to battle, what's going to happen to Ahab, uh, Jehoshaphat still went to battle, and uh, Ahab was a punk too because what he ended up doing was he disguised himself and let Jehoshaphat look like he was him, and so when they went to battle, everybody started going up to Jehoshaphat, <laughs> and Jehoshaphat did the funniest thing. The text said, and he cried out, to the Lord, he cried out real loud. And it said, they knew this when him went out to Ahab, destroyed him. And then uh, Jehoshaphat got away. And it said, the Lord protected him. Let me tell you something. Ain't it nice when you do something stupid that God still look out for your stupid? <laughs> but little did he know that as he did that, he weakened his army. And when he did that, Jehu came over. And Jehu was his Nathan, came over and gave him a prophetic rebuke. What I like about the prophetic rebuke is Jehoshaphat responds with repentance and change. See, 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 that, that, that's how you know you godly. Uh, uh, is when you respond to a rebuke, listen, with repentance and change. Because listen, there is grace waiting to flood you when God allows you to experience a rebuke. Listen, because that's the beginning of barrier breaking. You can't break a barrier without admitting that you made something up and messed something up, right? And so it comes to this passage, and now here we are. It says, my, my point, I got one point only. If you're going to break barriers, you got to use the tools that bring God close. You got to use the tools that bring God close. After this, after this was what I just explained. And so what ended up happening is, Jehoshaphat ended up through that situation. After all of that he did, he began to do something. He began to change the kingdom. And as he began to change the kingdom, his armies was weakened. Because, you know, when you hear after this, you got to go back to what was before it to know what the after this is about. And so Jehoshaphat ended up, after getting rebuked by Jehu, to start to make reforms in Israel. Now let me tell you something about your life. And you have to have a lot of self-awareness about it. The enemy comes after you in two types of seasons. Two types of seasons. When you're trying to get things right. And when you're at your weakest. Listen, listen. I don't know about you, but before I was a Christian, I didn't never sense the devil's presence. I wowed out. I did what I wanted to do. I was never confused about a lot of things because I was out there and I was doing his bidding. And I didn't feel like the devil ever bothered me. But as soon as they said, come forward, and I said, I came forward, and I, I prayed and trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, soon as I stepped foot off of the altar, the old slew foot was waiting at the doors of the church 
for your boy to walk off a sacred ground onto his ground and he went to where it seemed like everything went wrong when I was trying to walk with God. Anybody under the sound of my voice, when you began starting to try to walk with, you finally started trying to do right. And that's when he comes after you. But not only that, he comes at your weakest. Jehoshaphat is at his weakest. And so guess what happens? It says the Moabites and the Ammonites together with some Munites, just some no-name cats. <laughs> you understand? I ain't never heard of the Munites. So where they come from? Came to fight up against Jehoshaphat. Now, that's funny. The text doesn't say he came to fight up against Judah. It said Jehoshaphat. It's funny that when the devil wants to get after you, he will get people together that won't even never work together just to come after you. You've had some people like, I didn't even know they knew each other. <clears throat> you ever when you ever went on Facebook or something and say mutual friends, and you're like, how do even the world how do they even know each other? Right, right, right. But that's how the enemy works. The devil has a network, a demonic network, just um, to, to try to come after you. But 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 he always cherry picks his season. He never picks the season where you're strong. He never picks the season when you're in community. He's never picked the season where you sense the filling of the spirit and the wind of God and you're getting up early. spinning. He never picks that season. He likes some of these fighters today in boxing. I ain't going to name no name. But you know, I'm, I used to like, everybody used to fight everybody. You know, nowadays, cats cherry pick a fight because they want to see, can I knock shorty out? Boom. If it looked like I'm going to get that work, I'm falling back from that, right? Listen, Satan is like that. When you're going to give him that work, he's not going to fight you. But when he feel like you could take, you, you, you don't have your defenses up well. Your knockout blow ain't the same. Your spiritual bob and weave ain't the same. Your footwork ain't the same. When, 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 when your footwork and your walk with God ain't the same. He said, oh, he's slowing down. She's getting older. He's getting, so guess what? I'm going to come after them now. But what I like about being in God is God can rejuvenate you even when you've been in that state. I love it. Love it. It says, people came to Jehoshaphat. They said, amen. A vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom has come to fight you, against you. They are already at Hazazan Tamar. In other words, they already crossed the Dead Sea. It's interesting when you get notifications and packages that you didn't want or didn't know was supposed to be coming to you. He didn't ask for that notification. Now, what's funny is they said uh, uh, he coming to fight against you. They didn't say us. <laughs> Y'all missed that. You got to be careful that you don't have some old bums around you. They're going to say this fight is yours. You know, I don't, they after you. They not after me, right? <laughs> you know, there's some people like that in your life. that They, they, they say, I'd rather die with you. I'd rather die with you. Hell breaks loose and they say, man, they coming for you, dog. <laughs> but he got a notification he didn't want and he didn't he, he didn't expect um, uh, 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 um, 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 but, but, but it's interesting so as he went down it says Jehoshaphat was afraid it's normal it's normal to be afraid being in contact with your emotions there's nothing, nothing wrong with being honest about a barrier being an issue that makes you fearful I think it's healthy to know how you really feel. Very, very healthy. 
Because you can't put truth where it needs to be unless you're being honest about where you are. And that, and that comes self-awareness. So, 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 so there is that sense in which, so, but, but because you won't know what you need until you know what you fear. What is fear? Fear is the unexpected expectation. It's an emotion that, that, that has an expectation of something happening that you've imagined that hasn't happened yet. And what it begins to do, it begins to grow and it begins to permeate. And listen, fear by itself only becomes bad when the fear grows. Because your feelings are real, but your feelings ain't truth. Now look at what the text says that happened with Jehoshaphat. At that point, he began to do this. He says, it says, and he resolved at the same time of fear, that he's, he, he resolved that he was going to seek the Lord. In other words, he came to a conclusion that he wasn't going to let his fear take over. Now, why does he resolve that he's going to seek the Lord? Because he knows that he can't win the fight. That's why he seeks the Lord. And so what does seeking the Lord do? Seeking the Lord is a mechanism of bringing God closer. Seeking God is one of the pieces of God's love language. Let me explain something to you. Listen, God doesn't have favorites, but he does have intimates. Listen, there are some people that are close to God because they pursue closeness to God. Now, the, God, the Bible says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. What you're going to see, and this is what I love about Jehoshaphat, he knows how to get God around. If you are going to break through a barrier, listen, God is present in a sense in your life because he's omnipresent and you know Jesus Christ is Savior. But he's not always actively present because you haven't brought that nearness of activity that puts him into work in your life. That's why James said, draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. It's not that he's not there, it's just that he's not spiritually near for you to be aware in his use in your life. So you have to do the things to get God near. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. When me and my wife are distant from each other, and I, and I can tell she don't feel me, you know, when she, we just don't like me, and, and I'll just say it's been a while. Hallelujah. What I do is I just start washing clothes. What I do is I, 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 I send her to get a pedicure. Yeah. You understand? I help her to get a massage. You want to do And when she asks for something, I don't give her no. Go ahead, girl. When I listen to her, when she's venting, you know, because we hear a lot as husbands. We hear you can't, you want to talk, you be like, okay. But in, that, in this season, instead of, I don't give no advice, I just say, mm, are you serious? Girl, I cannot believe they did you like that. Let's, let, me, let me go make some tea. Let's sit down and let me hear you out about all this. And guess what? By the end of the day, when the children are, are in bed, I got a friend in my bed. Oh, Lord. Sorry, babe. I love you. <laughs> in other words, I do what draws her. It's not that we're not in a relationship. We're just not connecting. God wants you to draw him near and seek him. 
And so Jehoshaphat does it. And the first thing that he does is he calls a fast. So seeking God, listen, is not just praying, fasting. Listen, not just praying. It's not just fasting. And it's not just being in the word. It's the, the idea of the, of the word uh, uh, seeking here is to turn your life towards God. It's, it's, it's like turning your life Godward. In other words, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're holding their hand, but you're looking at every attractive thing that's going past, that person feels like you're not in a relationship with them. But when, you, when, when something bad come past you, man or woman, because everybody does it, because some of y'all act like just, you know, in any way. <laughs> and when you make that person your attention, even when the competition goes fast, you make them your undivided attention. It changes and shifts the relationship. God wants you to make him his undivided attention. The barrier that you are experiencing is because God ain't your under, he doesn't have your undivided attention. So what God has to do is put something in your life that demands your attention. Because when it demands your attention and you can't move it, he gets your attention because you know he can move it. <laughs> and so the barrier you're dealing with, you thought that financial barrier was just about you getting your finances right. No, it's about you turning to God. You thought that relationship barrier was just to get that relationship right. No, he was trying to turn you to God. Is that entrepreneurial barrier that's happening to you, it's happening listening because he wants you to turn to him. God wants you back. He wants your undivided attention and he will do it. He loves you enough with an unfailing love to the fact that he just doesn't want to live in a house with you. He wants to be in the bed with you. And so, he wants to resolve it. He wants to work through it. So it says, they gathered, and Jehoshaphat did the next thing. He fasted. <clears throat> he said, I'm going to shut down my legitimate needs in the earth realm so that I can turn up the needs to get met in the spiritual realm. But what I want to do is I want to turn off, I want to put my noise cancellation earphones on. You ever had noise cancellation? I don't know if you've been on a plane. And I could turn my thing on noise and everything just goes, and all I hear is what's in my ear and all of that other stuff shut up. That's what fasting does. So the first thing he does is shut everything off. That's the first thing you got to do when you see God. Shut everything off that you've been engaged in that's been a distraction to you. Number two, pray. Now this is how you pray though. You got to pray, you have a prayer that's motivated by a big view of God's person. He said, Lord God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? I like that because he begins to ask God questions. Now, really, He's reminding himself through the questions who God is. I don't know if you ever, you ever been in a situation and you felt like God wasn't moving? And you said, and you felt like he wasn't healing. You said, I thought you were the God that heals. <laughs> Are you not the God that brings peace? Are you not the God of break? Are 
you know, listen, we need to call on who he is and remind ourselves of who he is. Then he stops asking questions and then he begins to give declarative statements. He says, power and might are in your hand. Listen, what he's trying to let himself know is he's saying, God, I know these people are coming after me, but God, I know that power is in your hand. And see, God liked them kind of prayers where you remind him that your barrier can never trump him. He said, are you not our God who drove out? Now he's starting to bring out his testimonies. He started remembering what God had done for him. Because if he began to remember what God had done for him, he looks back over his life and he looks over his shoulder and he looks over the history of Israel. And when you begin remembering the fact that God has done some stuff in your past, that if he did it back then, he can do it now. Starts asking him all of these questions to remind himself of who his God truly truly is but then he not only does works with God's character his prayer invokes God's word and God's promises look at what it says in verse 8 they have lived in the land and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name and have said if disaster comes sword or judgment pestilence or famine will you we will stand before this temple and before you that goes back to Solomon's prayer about the temple that when trouble comes we will turn our faces back to him listen when you're going through some troubling things you got to understand that you're not manipulating God but you're praying God's will to God see you have to look at your barrier find the will of God and pray it back to God and God can't help but answer it because it's already what he would do because it's in his will. <laughs> okay, let me. Moses was up on the mountain. He says, Moses, like, <clears throat> God said, I'm killing Israel. I'm done with him. So this is what I'm finna do. That's what God said. I'm finna destroy them. I'm make a nation out of you. That's it. Use the poor, y'all good. They gone. God, they, Moses says, you're God. You can do what you want. But what would the nations say? If you brought us all the way out in the wilderness by your mighty, I mean, you mighty in power and you, you destroyed Pharaoh with the plagues and you did all of that so that your name can become big among the nations. So God, what would it look like? I mean, I'm being respectful, but God, what would it look like if you drew us all the way out here to kill? And because of his intercession, he did kill some of them, but he kept Israel. In other words, the Bible says Israel knew God's word, but uh, Moses knew his ways. <laughs> see, uh, see, it's not that he didn't know his word. You got to know how it works. You can have the manual, but if you don't know how to use it, you don't know how it works. You got to learn how your God, when you learn, when you learn, help me today, God, for the Holy Ghost right now. Listen, you better know how the God of heaven works. You better know his activities. When you know his character. And what gets him, what gets him off his throne to do something? You better start learning it, believer. That's why you ain't got no breakthrough. You better start working with your God so that you can know his ways. And you can walk in, oh, I gotta move. I gotta move. And his prayer involves vulnerability and personal powerlessness. 
Look at the text. He says, for we are powerless. Before this vast number that comes against us, we do not know what to do. Oh my God, that's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. Your LinkedIn contacts can't help sometimes. Your fraternity and sorority friends can't give you a shoe in all the time. Help me today, God. What you think can work. Listen, God will shut out all of your contacts so that he can be your only contact. Jehoshaphat lost all his friends. No allies to call on. And usually... So many of us are grieving the friendships and the relationships that we lost. But it may be that God is saying, I want to be your relationship. And God answers. The prophet comes forward. <clears throat> what happens after he sets his heart to seek God, he fasts and he prays. He turns himself and the people turn towards God. And when they do that, what happens? The prophet gets a word. God comes near and puts his words in the prophet's mouth to answer the seeking of the king. And he says, do not be afraid. Get your emotions together. It's time for some truth to inform what you're feeling. I know you feel left out there and I know you feel broken and I know you feel like you don't have no help. But right about now, God is about to show up in somebody's life. He's saying to you, don't be afraid anymore. Do not be dismayed anymore, he says, or discouraged. Stop being crushed about this barrier because he says, because of this vast number, for <laughs> the most famous verse in the Bible, for this battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Now you got to really hear what's being said here. God is basically saying, they're coming to fight you. But they don't know that they're really going to fight me. God loves it when the enemy thinks that he's coming after you. But really, he's about to fight your God. It's like the kid who was about to get beat up after school. The bully said, meet me behind the school at 3.15. You know how when you was about to get beat up in school and they go like this at 3 o'clock? <laughs> if you've been bullied, you know that whole, it's like this. It's, this is the, it's this for bullies, right? Now after school, uh, he, he tells his big brother, he says, big bro, I'm about to, I'm about to get my butt whooped. He said, about who? He said, him. He said, go to the fight. Go to the fight. Go show up. He shows up at the fight. And you know everybody like a fight in school. Everybody surrounds. 
fight, fight. And you, you're not that little instigator dude. Ooh, you heard what he said to you? Ooh, you go. I hate, I hate them. I used to. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the bully stand up, he, he, getting, he getting squared up. He getting squared up. You understand? And then all of a sudden, the crowd splits and big bro comes in and pulls him back and say, little bro, fall back. He rolls up his sleeves. You know you know, you about to get your butt whooped if somebody start cracking their neck and going all like that. You, you might as well. It's over. And the bully says, I'm not here to fight you. But the big brother says, if you here to fight my little brother, you here to fight me. Listen, the devil never wants to fight God. He always wants to fight you. But the good thing about God is God doesn't let the enemy just come in your life and bully you. Now, what I like about the passage is God tells them to go out to the battle. In battle regalia, looking like you're going to fight. <laughs> he tells them to go. He says, I want y'all to go out and I want you to stand in battle regalia. But I want you to stand out there like you're going to fight. But he says, you ain't going to have to do nothing. But, 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 they, but, but they, to get God on the battlefield, they knew how to get him on the battlefield. Because God doesn't just show up on the battlefield. He has to be attracted to the battlefield. Now, some of you who ain't Pentecostal don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you grew up among the frozen chosen. And you don't know what I'm talking about. But when you know you're in a battle that you can't fight, there's something in particular that you got to do. It says up in verse 22, it says the moment they began their shouts and praises, the Lord set an ambush against their enemies. I don't know who I'm talking to under the sound of my voice. Some of you are backed up against the wall and you don't know how in the world you're going to get out of the predicament that you're in. But God is saying to somebody today that the battle is not yours, it is mine. And when you begin to open your mouth and you put on the garment of praise and you lift up your hands and you believe that God will shift the atmosphere, some of y'all don't understand that some stuff is not going to come down in your life until you open up your mouth and give him the fruit of your lips. Come here, Israel. On the seventh day, in front of the walls of Jericho, Israel began to shout, and they began to praise, and they lift up their voices with the voice of triumph, and the walls came tumbling down. If I knew about three people under the sound of my voice that can stand in front of the barriers in their life, and you can get out of eye with it. I wish you would lift up your voice and God will begin to crack the foundations of everything that's holding you back. Some of you still don't get it. You're sitting in your seat like your life depends on you. But if you get in the right situation, 
and you get desperate enough to need God moving. Some of y'all said, some of y'all said, well, it's the Old Testament. Dead ain't the New Testament. Well, I remember in a jail underground. It says about at midnight, Paul and Silas began singing praises under God. And it said the doors of the prison began to shake. As they sang, a shaking happened. As they sang, bands were loose. As they shook, the chains were broken. As they shook, the walls, the walls. Some stuff's coming down right now. Some stuff's breaking up right now in your life. Some foundations are being cracked. Some breakthroughs that you've been waiting on that's coming right now. Yes, Lord. The greatest barrier that was broken was on a dark Friday. That when Jesus died on the cross, the major barrier was broken. It says the earth began to shake. Thunder and lightning was coming and the temple's veil tore from top to bottom. And it was dark Friday. And it was dark Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. And guess what? His death is to break sin but it's also power to break stuff in your life. And so we pray, God, today for those who may not know you that's in here under the sound of my voice. Maybe there's someone in here that doesn't know you. Maybe they don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. They haven't put the, you haven't put your confidence in him by faith alone. Through grace alone, through Christ alone, through his death and resurrection. If you want to put your confidence in him, hold your hand up in the air. We'd love to see that hand right here to my left. Why don't you come forward real quick? Anybody else? Come forward real quick. Anybody else? Who wants to place their confidence in God? Anybody else? Amen.
Anybody else that said, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. And someone's going to get with you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Wants to say yes to Jesus. To the barrier breaker. He wants to break away the barrier that barricades you in from your contact with God. Well, now for the believer. If you're here and you know God spoke to you about some barriers in your life, I want to pray for you. Come forward. Some significant barriers in your life, some barriers that you need God to break. God's saying he wants you to turn your attention towards that barrier today. Come on in. You can come in. You can, you can put it on behind everyone. Any barrier that you're looking for God to break. <clears throat> come on in as tight as you can, family. This room right behind these. Yes, yes, yes. You want God to break some barriers. Y'all come on up. It's, uh, just come on. Even if y'all standing behind somebody, <clears throat> I want you up here if you can, if you're willing. You felt like some stuff is stubbed in your life. And you need God to break through that wall, break through that barrier. Want him to break through that wall, break through that barrier. That's you today. Lord God Almighty, most high God, there are so many barriers. Every person that has come forward represents at least one barrier. And God, your people are here just like Israel and Jehoshaphat came before you to seek the breakage of the barrier or barriers. God, we come before you. I am believing you with them that we are going to walk in faith. We're not going to say, maybe God, if God, it is your will to break the barrier. Period. It's your will to break the barrier. And God, I'm praying for your people that they would draw near today. Starting today. The barrier breaker, we know you are here, God. We know that you are present. God, I come against every force over your people. God, I'm trusting you for a barrier-breaking season. Lord God, I pray that we would accept our identity in you as barrier-breakers. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would begin speaking to the barriers in our life that are mountains to us glorifying you. And God, I pray that it would be tossed 
away from being an obstacle today. That there would be absolute breakage in the mighty name of Jesus. Some people have known these barriers have been there for years. But today is their day in declaration that this is the day of attack. This is the day that you will begin to speak to your barriers to leave. God, I'm praying for fasting, God-centered clarity, and worship and praise. God, I'm praying for those of us in the room that are lazy praisers to learn how to put on the garment of praise. Remove the devil's seed of telling them I'm not wired like that. That's not my personality. That's not in the Bible, Lord. Help them to learn to use their weapon of worship. Lord God, shift our church, shift our church, shift our church to mount this weapon every time we gather. Not to be emotional only, God, but to use it as a well-worn weapon and help us to get skillful at worship. Help us get skillful at giving your name to praise. Help us to get skillful at giving your name to honor. Help us to get skillful at lifting you up. Help us to be skillful at giving you the fruits of our lips. And God, I pray that your power would move amongst the church. Move amongst the church. Move amongst your church. Move amongst your women. Move amongst your women. Move amongst your women. Move amongst your men. Move amongst your men. Move amongst your youth. Move amongst your youth. Move amongst the children. Move amongst the babies. Oh, barrier breaker. Visit us with your power. We're not going to act like we claim to know how to do it, but we are believing that you're going to lead us and you're going to guide us and we're going to follow. God, I pray that this series and this time of fasting, Lord God, will be one of the greatest seasons of our life. Lord God, I pray against the spirit of failure. Someone in here feels like a failure. I come against it in Jesus' mighty name. You are not a failure, God says. You are not a failure. I come against that right now. Every thought that exalts itself against the love God has for you. God loves you with an unfailing love. In the mighty name of Jesus. God, your word says that we may know the love of Christ. God, I pray that your people all across this room would know your love. That we would know your love. And that we'd experience the beauty and glory of your undying presence, God. 
And God, help this season. It feel like a season. Even though feelings, we say feelings don't matter. They do matter to an extent. And so I do want your people to feel like they've met with you. But more than feeling it, I pray that they would know it. God, we trust you. We turn our lives towards you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.